Hello, my blessed friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, tell me what you think about the show. Uh, It honestly would mean the world to me and help this show grow faster than ever. My next guest is a thriving executive life coach and spiritual teacher. For the last 26 years, he has coached thousands of top performers to achieve enlightened prosperity. His books, videos, audios, and seminars utilize his street-tested methodology called the Rapid Enlightenment Process. Among his many projects, Ferry manages a blog, hosts the podcast Daily Enlightenment with Matthew Ferry, spearheads the Ignite Mastermind, and teaches his unique process via muscle testing school. He is also the author of Quiet Mind, Epic Life, an Amazon self-help and spirituality bestseller in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Japan. Introducing Matthew Ferry. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Matthew Ferry, welcome to the Blessed for Success podcast. Uh, I'm really pumped to have you here today. Oh, I'm really excited to be sharing with your audience. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, an interesting time, and I'm so glad that we got you on the podcast um, at this time, at the, at the time of this recording. Um, you know, the pandemic is going on. The world has is is experiencing you know uh, tremendous hurt and, and pain from from injustice and um, you know from anger that people are experiencing. Uh, but before we you know kind of jump into all that, I want to start from a from a place of gratitude. I want to start from a place of um, you know somehow the way that I start every single one of my episodes, which is. At this point in time, Matthew, um, on this beautiful, you know, sunny day, what are the things that make you feel blessed? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I feel I I do feel blessed that I was um, born into privilege, and I don't I do my best not to uh, lose sight of that and to honor and appreciate the people who who uh, didn't get. I don't know why I got born in that way, but that's the way I got born, and so I. I'm intentional about experiencing that blessing and I'm intentional about um, being grateful for uh, any of the advantages that, that I've received in my life. And there've been, there have been many. Um, And, and I think I'm also grateful for the people who are uh, willing to stand up to make changes in the world. Uh, That's really, that's the only way it's ever happened. So, um, you know, change is afoot. And I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we were talking about this a bit off record just before we got started here, but you were saying, you know, you want to be the change that you want to see in the world um, to start with. So it starts with us. It starts with um, what we hope to be better with inside of us and then, you know, sort of bring that out into the world. And um, you've definitely done that. You've definitely done introspection throughout your career and and you've become almost like a spiritual leader and influencer in your work um, and with your best-selling book. How did you start this journey? How did you, you know, come across uh, the profession that you do now when working with execs and and high-level entrepreneurs and helping them kind of um, become enlightened? Well, I think it actually started early in my life. So, uh, you know, I started on the path to, uh, to a quiet mind when I was nine years old. And I had these several experiences where I felt like I was floating above my body. 
and I felt this profound peace. Mm. And the experience was really powerful. And as a, an adult, I was, I was driven to find a predictable path to get back to that feeling again. And, and uh, when I was a kid, I was going to be a rock star. And uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be a rock star, and I, you know, that I did all of that. Uh, you know, I did that process and and failed pretty miserably, um, and ended up working for my father. And my father, uh, my father was in the real estate sales training business. His mentor was a man named Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale um, essentially started the personal development business. Um, and so I, I have this lineage, but I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. And my father basically uh, um, put the fire hose in my mouth and, and I started to uh, listen, study, read, get coached by some of the, the greatest minds in personal development. And that, that was unknowingly the perfect path for me. I didn't know at the time I was resisting. I was mourning not being a rock star. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, what I saw was this feeling of knowing that all is well is what everyone thinks their success is going to give them. And this feeling of all is well is never achieved by outward success. So it's this incredible letdown that occurs. And I had achieved all the success. I had I was on stages and I was flying in private jets and I had the money and the second home and the cars and the trophy wife and the kids and the, I mean, I had it all. And yet here I was still feeling insecure and empty inside. And, and that, the, that experience from nine years old never left me. And in the background, I'd been pursuing and pursuing and pursuing and pursuing and trying to understand. And it wasn't until my mind went completely quiet that I was able to say, oh, wow this is it. Wow. And executives and business owners, I mean, they, 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 it's so powerful to experience this deep trust of knowing that everything's going to be okay. And that is the feeling that is achieved by developing your quiet mind. I, I, I transformed my business away from helping entrepreneurs, salespeople, executives, uh, it to achieve success. They do achieve success around me. Mm. Um, but the focus is how do I experience now what I think the success will bring me? Mm. It's, um, this is very interesting what you're saying. And especially I want to, you know, go back to before we jump into the quiet mind and, and more details around that. Cause I'm very curious around that. Um, as a child, you said that's where you first kind of like experienced a floating sensation at nine years old, what do you feel triggered that? Where did that come from? Um, can you just dive into that a bit more? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I, I did a lot of um, researching and studying when I was a teenager. I, 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 you know, later in life, I realized I was, a, I was a little bit of a spiritual nerd. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I thought that that was normal. Um, but in my teens, I was researching um, astral travel and trying to um, get back to that feeling. I was trying to like leave my body again. Um, when I look back when I was nine, I, I, I think it was really just the conditions. So uh, I used to have asthma mm. and my mom would make these makeshift asthma tents. She'd put me underneath the kitchen table and cover it in blankets. And then she'd make a little bed underneath the kitchen table. And I was in there with a little nightlight and a, and a humidifier. And then I would be before bed, I'd be reading. 
And as I was reading, and I was a terrible reader when I was a kid, I think I was reading at like, you know, um, 60 words per minute, which is like one, one word per second. Mm. It's like very slow cadence. But that plus the hum of the humidifier, plus the really laborious breathing, like having to intentionally breathe over and over and over and over. Yeah, I think it created a set of conditions to um, have some, um, you know, physiological triggers into some spiritual states. That's very interesting. And, you know, I've been a fan of, and we're going to dive into the quiet mind here, but I've been a fan of meditation for a while, but there's a, there's a difference between being a fan and then putting something like that into practice. And recently with all the events going on, I've really taken the time every morning to wake up. Um, I start by stretching just to kind of get my body loose and nimble. And then I turn on the Headspace app and go through right now I'm taking an appreciation course um, because, you know, as you mentioned, it's important to feel that, and I'm sorry, it's, I'm getting a bit emotional, but because it's, the world is just a really tough place right now. And really, tough. really hard. Yeah. And taking that time to appreciate what we have is um, really important. And so I'm trying to, you know, put that into my daily practice, but what do you, can you describe kind of the quiet mind, what it is and why it's so important and how people can kind of integrate that into their lives today? Absolutely. And, and I, I think it's really important for each of us to experience the, the incredible suffering that is happening in the world so that we can have compassion for other people and understand what they're going through. But the, the quiet mind state is essentially being in the present moment. And when you're in the present moment, you're free from stress and worry and concern. And I think that that's what you're trying to achieve with your, um, your meditation course. You want to like, you want to get out of the, the future and you want to get out of the past and you want to be right here. When you are literally right here, right now, um, there's, there is no stress. And, uh, you know, I live in America and in, uh, according to the American Institute of Stress, 73% of people say that they deal with psychological stress on a regular basis. And let's be honest, right now it's probably 99% of people. Mm -hmm. And that's really bad news. If you're a executive, if you're a leader, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a salesperson, because you make bad decisions when you're, when you're stressed, you don't think clearly. Mm -hmm. You're not easy to be around. Your creativity is diminished. Your energy is zapped. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to achieve your goals, if you're going to live what I call an epic life, you know, my book's called Quiet Mind, Epic Life, then you want to be the best version of yourself to influence every aspect of your life. And, and here's the good news. You can learn to quiet your mind. And meditation is certainly one form, but you can't meditate on a sales call. You can't meditate when you're, when you're at dinner with your family. You can't meditate when um, you're in the middle of a meeting. So there, you have to figure something else out. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I had to do. I had to figure something else out. It's like I could meditate and feel amazing. Then I would get in the meeting and I would get angry or stressed or freaked out or my pride or my ego or what. Or bleh, I would get all flared up. And suddenly, boom, my peace was gone. And that ultimately turned out to be an investigation in, in, in recognizing the actual survival system that is robbing me of my quiet mind. Got it. I will say it in this way. Anybody can develop the skill to have a quiet mind. We just have to get committed to it. It's like anything else. Yeah, it's definitely um, 
I'm sure a habit and, and something they have to build over time. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, you can't do it on a sales call. So I'm in, I am in sales, I'm in SaaS, uh, SaaS sales. And the biggest thing that any salesperson I think is always trying to overcome, including myself is we're always trying to think about the next question. Like prior to, to kind of, listening to what the other person has to say we're always, we're always kind of thinking okay what do i ask next how do, where do i lead them what what comes after versus trying to actually um take the time to listen and address what they're saying uh, versus having our own agenda and so uh that what you said there really resonated with me and i mean um we're gonna be talking about well, this let me, uh, yeah. you know let's talk about salespeople. In the, i was that's what i did forever so what i was um uh, i became you know a highly trained salesperson. And then I was selling to salespeople, real estate salespeople. And they were like, what on earth just happened? I, I like was so taken with your sales process. Can you teach me to do that? And then, you know, I was like to my dad, uh, they want me to teach me what, you know, what they're doing and we'll do it. Uh -huh. and so I started teaching people um, the sales process, but in the end, what I realized is that like anything, any business, any process, anything that you're doing in life can be your practice for your quiet mind state and for a sales. So I wrote a book about it. It's called Creating Sales Velocity, oh. and it's a pocket guide for a conscious salesperson. So if any of your people want to like use sales to become more peaceful, there, I, I wrote a book just about that. I do, um, so but, I'm going to definitely check it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, and afterwards, send me your address. I'll just send it to you, okay? But uh, I think that the important thing here is this. When you use a script and you master your script, you can be in the present moment with your client. Mm. And if you feel like you have to be infinitely flexible, well, flexibility comes from discipline. And we put the cart before the horse. We think, oh, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be infinitely flexible and open to whatever the person's saying. But that actually robs you. You're then, um, it's like a, a martial artist. The martial artist has practiced tens of thousands of hours of these same repetitious moves. But now in the moment, the moves come automatically. And for a salesperson, scripts and handling objections and rapport building techniques and all of that are essentially a way to be in the present moment. I relate so much, so much about what you're saying. Um, script building is something that's been a huge focus for my career and, and um, has led to, to success for sure. And just repetitively over time, the more you know what you're saying. People kind of think sometimes that whether it's in life, whether it's in sales, um, you know, Jocko Willing talks about discipline equaling freedom a lot. And I found that to be extremely true is that when you have structure in place, it allows you to use your own creativity within that structure and, and, and um, you know, play around with things or adjust things as necessary uh, in order to suit the situation. Um, and like you, like you mentioned, right, like a martial artist, I think Bruce Lee once said he'd be more scared um, of someone who's practiced one kick 10,000 times than practice, um, you know, 1,000 different kicks or something like that or 10,000 times. Kicks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah. And that, and, and if we're um, it, it, to stay on topic with the idea of quiet mind and this enlightened state, it really 
it really is an opportunity for you to take practices, put them into your day-to-day -day life, into your business, into your family, into your interactions with your friends and the way in which you're dealing with the world and the unrest that is in the world. Like all of that is an opportunity for you to, to practice the very specific techniques that create a quiet mind state. Mm -hmm. So while the civil unrest is really hard to deal with and really, really difficult to, um, to stomach, it also becomes an opportunity to deepen your own personal commitment to being at peace. Mm -hmm. And Matthew, I know you get consulted on this and you get paid, you know, tons of money just to, just to help executives with this, but what might three steps or three key points of the quiet mind be for someone to, you know, start introducing in their lives right away um, right. And, and be more present in the moment? If uh, so, I actually got my book out, and you can see I have, I've marked some pages that I thought we could play with together. Nice. And uh, so I'm going to start with this, uh, this first one, and this, um, this first one. Uh, so these in the back of my book is uh, 23 practices that that I suggest you do one each day. And so here's day six. And day six, and by the way, you can also get that on my app for free. So if you, uh, if you go to matthewferry.com forward slash app, uh, you can register for my app, and then you can get all the practices for free to immediately start using. But here's day six. Be kind even when they don't operate the way you think they should. So what I say here is that kindness will release your resistance. And when your resistance is released, that'll quiet your mind and set you up for an epic life. So just admit that, that you have a preference about how people should operate. Start there, be honest. Uh, you want people to do what you want them to do, and that's okay, we all want that. The problem is, is that your preference gets misinterpreted by what I call the drunk monkey in your head. It gets misinterpreted as a must, that people must operate this way in order for you to feel comfortable. And then the discomfort, that gets your mind talking. So your mind, your, your peace is disturbed actually because you are disturbed and you are disturbed for one reason and that is you are resisting and you have an opportunity and a choice at any moment to stop resisting and to instead seek to understand. So I'll dig deeper into that uh, um, in the book for people, but that's one. So one is that just be intentionally kind to people. And I would say specifically, look for those people that you resist and go out of your way to be kind to them and just notice what happens when you do that. Um, the other thing is to um, solve problems. This is day nine. Solve problems by getting into alignment and then redirecting. So I've seen this uh, with some of the um, police officers and mayors around the US. Um, rather than being combatant, uh, they are marching with the people. They're praying with the people. They're taking off their gear and, and getting into rapport, essentially. You and I know about that. We're salespeople, right? Mm -hmm. So part of our job is, is to uh, align with people and then redirect to understand yep. where they're at. And it's the same thing in life. Uh, what you'll find is, is that being a, being a master of rapport is one of the most important steps in having a quiet mind because what gets the mind to go to be activated is disruption or conflict the mind is a survival state it's a survival tool
So you'll naturally achieve quiet mind epic life when you are in alignment with life and embracing it exactly as it is. Resisting your life in any way will cause that drunk monkey in your head to engage and start talking and rob you of your peace. So face your problems today. Accept that they are there. Don't ignore them. Don't resist. Just trust that all is well. Step back and recognize that the only reason that you're resisting the issue in your life is that you have some kind of survival state activated. And that survival state is then activating your mind. So survival, the, in my book, I, I go through and I've identified that there are actually 10 fundamental survival energies. Greed, grudge, hatred, victim, illogical rules, humble, traitor, resistance, pride, etc. And what they do is they get the, when they're activated, the mind starts talking. So I say, in other words, your perception and the way that you're labeling the situation is causing your resistance, not the issue itself. The issue is just the issue. Then you're labeling it in a way that's making you angry. The yeah. question becomes, can you go into a state of alignment or neutrality and then move it in the direction of what you're for? So that would be the second one that I would would um, recommend. And then the third one I thought that would just be apropos for this time is to practice being in the chaos. In fact, I have a, in my app, I have a um, meditation for everyone. So I have, um, there's 10 hidden motive meditations and then there are five additional meditations, all my gift for people. But practice being at peace in the chaos is one of those meditations. And so I say be, being at peace is the ultimate expression of quiet mind epic life and that takes practice to achieve it you're gonna to have to learn how to catch your drunk monkey reacting and then choose a response instead. Because if the drunk monkey is in reaction, then there is no peace. So practicing being at peace in the middle of chaos uh, is actually something that is achievable. You feel overwhelmed by the chaos when you are unconscious and the drunk monkey is resisting and trying to protect you. Time, you're in a state of protection your drunk monkey that talking in your head will dominate you. So obviously, uh, you know, there's on, on each of these practices, but I wanted to give our, our viewer, our listeners, something that they can just start thinking right now. Can you find a line and then redirect? Mm -hmm. Can you um, let go of your resistance and stop resisting uh, especially the people you don't think should be the way that they are. Can you start to recognize you're not the ruler of the universe, even though your mind thinks that you are. Nobody signed up for your program. No one really actually even cares what you think. No one cares what I think. That's okay. But fighting against it will actually screw you over. And it'll rob you of your resourcefulness and your creativity. And as an entrepreneur and executive, you, you, you make money because you have the chutzpah, the resourcefulness, the creativity, the, the personal power to keep going and to keep overcoming these things. A quiet mind state doesn't help you to overcome it. A quiet mind state is a platform for your resourcefulness to then come forth and help you overcome those, those obstacles. Just those, those three value bombs you gave there um, are hitting incredibly hard be kind, um, you know, be aligned and learn to, to reflect and apply that. And then finding peace and chaos. Um, 
just I'm I'm wowed and I can't wait to to kind of dive deeper into into your material and learn more because especially at a time like this, right? Like those practices, especially the last one with you know, experiencing peace and the chaos. One thing that I noticed that I was doing was I was feeling all this energy, like, you know, all this energy from the universe, all this negative, negative things. Um, and I, I, I was trying to deflect it by like, almost being like, okay, I need to distance myself from this a little bit. Like I'm being affected. Let me, um, I don't know, maybe slap on Netflix and, and watch something or something like that. But then what I realized was that until I like you know, and this is like in the midst of my meditation or my appreciation is to say that these things are happening, you know, come to terms with that, accept that, um, find out how that makes you feel. Why does it make you feel that way? And then, um, you know, what I try to do always is also trying to find kind of like silver lining, right? Where are the silver linings and, and where do they come into play? So I think um, that's something that's helped me as well but one thing i noticed too from while you were talking was um i gotta say matthew you've got uh a movie voice like you've really got um Thank you, you know yeah no problem uh, so that was incredible but i really appreciate those that that advice on, on the quiet mind piece um but as we know your book is called you know quiet mind epic life and so i want to know how you define exactly an epic life what does that mean mm. and um you know, That's just a great question. From that. Yeah. An epic life is different for everybody, uh, but it is that life where you are not feeling restrained, where you feel like you, you, you may not have everything that you want, uh, but you are, you're at peace with the life you have and you're inspired to create the things that you want. And, and if we look back on all of the times in which life was just awesome and amazing, it was because we were sure we had this certainty that we had created this future is coming and I'm working on it and I'm going for it and I'm doing everything that it takes. And the hilarious thing is that once we achieve it, we actually go back into some state of apathy or like, it's like, or, or, right. It's like homeostasis where we're no longer um, as energized as we were because the future is the influencer of the present. So your present moment is an experience of what you think the future will be. So your epic life is really you in a state of inspiration, creativity, resourcefulness. Um, you're uplifted, you're empowered. And one of the activators of that is what I call enlightenment. And of course, you know, there's a, a real practical way of thinking about enlightenment, uh, which um, it, it, is a nice definition to, to step off from, but there's another level because peace of mind is the natural result of enlightenment. Enlightenment's not a place, it's not a destination. Enlightenment is actually a framework. So me personally, I define enlightenment as the recognition that the source of life for you is the source of life for everyone and everything, that we are all one thing expressing itself with infinite variety. And when you practice that perspective, wow, that was exciting. When you <laughs> practice that perspective, there's nothing to fear. There's nowhere to go. You aren't on the hook for anything. In essence, you admit that, that the mattering that you think life is, is really a survival state. And sure. things do matter and people do matter. But from a contextual framework, 
the more something matters, the more attached you are and the more debilitated you are. So there's this incredible state that you can achieve where you literally begin to say, I don't matter. Now, the moment you don't matter is the moment you can choose what matters. And choosing what matters is the gateway to your epic life. It's unbelievably empowering because if you don't matter, all guilt and obligation disappear. Now you get to choose. Now that's the basis of living an epic life. That's the way I would think about it. I've, I've never seen that so or heard that so eloquently expressed in terms of um, what enlightenment can be or what a fulfilled, you know, epic life can be like um, that, you know, once we get that perspective that we don't matter, we can start putting priority on, on the things that, that really do. And, um, you know, I'm blown away by that and, and we'll kind of bring that into my daily reflection as well. Um, I want you and I, we need to be careful, right? Because, um, there is a, a very big movement right now, Black Lives Matter, and, and I completely and totally agree. Black lives, brown lives, blue lives, green lives, every life mm -hmm. matters. Uh, but we're in a position now in our country where there's a giant group of people who are living like black lives don't matter. And that's a destructive state. So what we're not, we're not referring to that. We're referring to a contextual framework about the self and that the self like you you personally ascending to this idea that we're all one thing expressing itself with infinite variety helps you to recognize that all is well that if it's working all is well if it's not working all is well if i'm doing what i want all is well if i'm not doing what i want all is well when you're there it actually gives you greater freedom to optimize things and have things work for you so it's yeah. distinct from, from the political action and the, um, the, the cry for equality that is going on in the world. This is a spiritual principle. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on the, with, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, not all lives can't fundamentally matter until Black Lives Matter because it's, it's a part of the, part of the equation, right? Um, until they matter, everyone can't, or until, you know, us, whichever group or, or, you know, is feeling frustrated until they're all feel that they matter. Everyone can't be mattered. So that, that's, a, that's um, definitely true on that piece. Um, but you're right until we kind of take care of that inner self and that inner, um, you know, those inner obstacles that we face on a day-to-day -day basis and realizing that whichever way it goes, it's okay. And it's fine. You know, that's something I struggle with all the time. And, you know, on that point, I wanted to understand more is that you said that being present and being in the moment um, is what's kind of freeing, right? It, it, uh, it helps with that quiet mind, but I want to know how you balance that with, let's say just in your life as well, with goal setting and, you know, mm -hmm. being future oriented in terms of what you want to accomplish. How do you balance the two, um, two kind of items? It's, yeah, it's such an important question uh, because uh, the the person that I'm interested in being supportive to is someone that I would call a, a high conscious go getter. So there's plenty of of high conscious people who aren't up to anything, and there's plenty of go getters who aren't high conscious. They're purely selfish and only in it for themselves and their money and their survival. And there's a there's a way to operate where you are both high conscious and you're a go getter. That's that's sort of my group, and. 
setting goals is one of the most important things that you can do as a go-getter. In fact, if you're being honest, can you even help it? It, I, uh, I'm, I'm a constant goal setter. It's, uh, you can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. You're just that way. Yeah. So what there is to do is to distinguish that most goals actually are about fixing something. And if your goals are about fixing something, then, then you will achieve them. And the fundamental illusion that something was broken persists. So now you are flying in your private jet and you're still lonely. Now you have purchased your big mansion and you're still lonely. Now you are the ruler of the universe and you're still lonely. The loneliness follows you. It won't solve the goal setting. The achievement won't solve the underlying um, uh, survival issue. So what I do in my mastermind, so I have a, a mastermind group uh, of people who we work on these things all the time. And what we do is we, we take the time to one, identify what is our ultimate state? Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? And so we ask ourselves these three questions. What's important about whatever this goal is? And so I don't know, you know, to what degree you have a, a desire to be open with your audience, but if you want, I'll ask you the questions and you can answer. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So what, what would you say, let's just um, play with income, right? So like if you, if you had like an ultimate income goal, what would that be? Uh, I mean, dream, dream scenario, dream scenario. Yeah. I mean, immediately I'm thinking about uh, like six figures a month type, uh, yeah. type so income. Six figures a month, right? 100, 200, 300,000 a month in yeah. income. Yeah. So for you, what's important about that? So this is question number one. What's important about that for you? Um, in terms of like why that's that, that, that yeah. Like why, why bother? Yeah. I think uh, to want to be able to provide for my family and, you know, be able to um, have the wealth necessary to, let's say, pay off the mortgage and get my parents retired, um, provide for them as necessary as they continue to get older um, and, you know, be able to provide for my future, fam future family as well and make sure that we're never living um, paycheck to paycheck, essentially. Phenomenal, right? Phenomenal, very powerful reasons. So now let's take those reasons. What will all of that do for you? Let's say you have the six figures and, and you're providing for your family. You are, you've, you've retired your, your uh, parents, your, you know, your, your future family is all set. You're not living paycheck to paycheck. What will that do for you? I think that will bring me uh, less worry. I think those are things that I uh, worry about. And, you know, in being able to accomplish that, I'll kind of be able to be a bit more at peace with what I've been able to do and accomplish and, um, you know, resolve uh, from the issues that might have arose from, from, you know, not addressing those things. So ultimately, you're at peace. You've resolved your issues. You are providing for your family, your parents are retired, you've been, you're achieving six figures. I mean, you're, you are rocking. Ultimately, what will all of that do for you if you had to boil it all down? Cool. Um, I, I like to think that I would feel fulfillment 
uh, from doing so. Like I'd like to feel that I would be um, doing right by my goals and um, are doing right by my by my family and um, my personal aspirations. A couple of things that I, I mean, I mentioned my family, but just to be clear here that I do also think that, you know, I want to be able to travel around the world. Like those personal things are there as well. Let's, let's not be mistaken there. Um, be able to afford, you know, great din dinners and all those things like that's all great and all but um, I do feel that ultimately that would help me reach uh, a level of personal and, and inner fulfillment and if we're being honest isn't that a good feeling oh yeah absolutely it's a good good feeling and if we stand back the actual thing that you're going after is that peace and that fulfillment it's like I know I'm I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing it to the best of my ability. I'm going for it all the way. And I want you to know that there's no amount of success that will ever have you feel that. No, no hundreds of thousands of dollars will ever have you experience that. And there are moments in which you are experiencing that right now. That's already occurring in your life. And what we want to do is start to expand those. Where are you already feeling fulfilled? Where are you having those moments of peace and then focusing on those and then taking that fulfillment and that peace and applying it to the goals. So we don't stop going after the goals. We reconfigure and we say, I'm going to achieve this goal, but I haven't achieved this goal being at peace and fulfilled in the process. Right. And you watch what happens when you take your goals from a survival state into a thriving modality. You'll transcend survival consciousness and you will activate enlightened consciousness, the knowing that all is well, trusting that all is well. And when you are there and you are applying that mindset, that energy, that framework to your goals, your goals are activated. Not only are they activated, but so many of your goals, you just go, that's bullshit. Why do I even care about that? I'm not even going to try that. I'm wasting my time and energy on that. I'm trying to look good to all the people who aren't looking at me. I'm trying to prove that I'm valuable and that I'm somebody and no one cares. And you start being fulfilled now. It's really delicious. That, that exercise helped me a ton. And um, it's definitely something that more recently than on, I've been on a self-development journey for a long time, always things that I've been interested in and done research on um, and, you know, studied even myself. And so the more I learn and continue to do that, I, I learn about these things. And so one thing that I've realized, and you've said it so eloquently, is that uh, every time, like I set myself new goals, my, my, I achieve a goal. It's uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like, great. What's next now kind what? of thing. Now what exactly. And um kind of a motto that I've stolen from someone else, but that I, I like to think of when- Welcome to the club. That's how we all did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that I like to think of when, when I achieve a goal or, or you know, um, accomplish something is uh, I'm proud, but I'm never satisfied. And uh, I think that that keeps me hungry and keeps me going, which is part of the journey. Like part of the reason why I enjoy it so much is because of- being in that mindset or being in that state of, you know, uh, chasing another goal because. But may I suggest a recontextualization of the language proud, but never satisfied. Right. Yeah. That, that's the current language set. I would propose an experiment and the experiment that I would propose is try this satisfied, but eager for more satisfied, but eager for more. 
when I am at bat and I am completely at peace, the possibility of me hitting a home run goes up exponentially because I'm not attached. I don't care if I hit it. Great. If I, if I strike out great, Hmm. if I am completely at peace and satisfied with where I'm at in that moment, my, my capability is exponentially enhanced. So there's something about the, the survival idea of never satisfied that actually produces an opposite result. It hinders us. Whereas if you can go, if you can take the next step, right? So this was very important, what you talked about. If you can then take the next step and ascend one more level up, it's like, now I'm satisfied and I'm eager for more. Now you are honoring that you are a creative being and that you can't help yourself and you don't even know why you set goals. And I will tell you, there is a giant group of people on the planet who never set goals. They will never set goals. They don't even know what you're talking about. They think that goal setting is stupid and that's okay. That's who they are. You are like all of us who are listening, who are part of your podcast. We're all the same kind of person. We don't know why we want to achieve and accomplish and, and become. But when you step all the way back, you begin to realize that you, that me, all of us, we are that part of humanity that creates. We are creators. And your goal setting desires are nothing more than creations coming through. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to try and use that. I think uh, that was very well put. And um, I'm starting just as you're talking about, I'm realizing more and more that the nature around the language being used and starting at a point of satisfaction. And um, even when you asked me the question about income, it was like, do I really want uh, six figures a month? Do I want more? Like, where where is this number coming from? Why is it? Why is that there? And so, you know, being satisfied with what I currently have and, and again, eager for more always just to continue to, to push the envelope. But um, we talked a little bit there in that piece about, about peace. <laughs> um, and you, you have a mindset about positivity and its relationship with peace and how it's not necessarily always correlated. Yeah. Can you explain that, especially for a time like this where things definitely are not at peace, right? And trying to inject a bunch of positivity into it, why would that not be the solution? Can, can you dive into that a bit? Most people have been convinced that using positivity is the way in which to uh, to ascend to a place of peace and to achieve and accomplish more. And and while I wholeheartedly agree that positivity uh, has a place in that framework, being able to actually accept negativity is way more valuable. Because the moment you can accept negativity, you can transform it and turn it into whatever you want. Most positivity is a disguise. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And really what's happening is you are resisting negativity. And in your resistance to negativity, it persists. So what you resist will persist. What you accept will transform. So positivity is the natural result of total and complete acceptance of all people in all situations at all times, including yourself. You'll be exceptionally positive, but you'll also appreciate negativity and understand how valuable it is. I uh, applaud those who are 
are upset and outraged and are taking to the streets and and wanting to make the change. I I understand those feelings. I've had those feelings so many times about so so many things in my own life. And I understand the drive and the motivation. I accept it, I appreciate it, I honor it. And then in doing so, I am in a neutral place and I can start to decide, well, who am I gonna be? What do I stand for? What am I gonna do? Where do I, where's my place in all of this civil unrest and the, and the inequality in this world? I, you know, I'm a, a privileged white guy who probably, uh, to a lot of people, sounds like an arrogant piece of shit who, you know, it's like, of course you can ever all is well, right? You, you don't, you've never dealt with anything, right? And, and in a lot of ways, they're absolutely right. So it, it comes down to how do I practice total and complete acceptance of the hate, the violence, the negativity, the, the disillusionment, the disenfranchised nature of so many people in the world? How do I come to a place of, of peace that one, that exists, two, those people deserve to have a better experience, and then three, in that neutral place, not for it, not against it, what, what am I committed to? Then I'll, I'll often find inspiration and positivity in that time. And, and it'll be a natural thing versus wrestling positivity to the ground. It's like I'm using positivity to try and not feel negative. That's the typical method. In the, in the beginning of my book, I take um, my reader on a journey. I, I'm, I'm a fourth generation personal development teacher. Hmm. And I believed all the things that my teachers told me only to discover that a lot of them are really full of shit, hmm. that a lot of them wrote really cool stuff because they knew that it would sell people. A lot of them wrote really amazing, extraordinary things because they knew they like when they talked about it, people got excited. And so then they wrote books and created tapes and all the, and CDs and, and now MP3s or whatever, and, and people buy it, but it was never tested. And I consider myself the crash test dummy of enlightenment. I basically have done everything that I could find, get my hands on. I've do it fully to see what happens. And I will <laughs> tell you the vast majority of it doesn't work. It's positivity it's so, yeah. doesn't work. I just want you to know it doesn't work. It is, it is a fatal flaw. It's a myth of, of the new age movement. I love that you're, you're kind of breaking that out, that you're admitting that and that you're, you're kind of bringing that to light because you see so many people online just trying to push these messages and, um, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but it's, it's very easy sometimes just to see where there's, you know, uh, scams to be honest and just people that they know and yeah, you can tell intentionally that's important to know not intentionally mm -hmm. like uh, like you and like me mm -hmm. they were they were fed by the energy of accept like approval that they got and they were like oh wow this people really like this i'm going to share this but, and then they share it in a convincing way and then then other people get excited about it then it just becomes lore and myth but mm -hmm. when you look at the results of the people who are following those processes, um, you know, they think that happiness and peace is going to lead to success. And the truth of the matter is um, success is dominated by miserable people. <laughs> dominated. Yeah. That's the group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
And so very few truly happy, peaceful people are successful. So it's this, it's a balance, right? We gotta, we have to find it. And that's part of what my mission has been is to like, you know, pull the covers back and say, what's, what's really going on here? That's an incredible mission. And kind of just how you explained that you were a crash test dummy for, uh, you know, all the personal development stuff. I'm doing the same thing with sales. Like I am buying all the courses. I am reading all the books just to like, be like, okay, what is again, it's funny. Cause I talk about Bruce Lee a lot, but it's back to Bruce Lee. Okay. What, um, let me re- take in what's good and reject what is what's not good. And so, uh, through, te- through testing, through testing, experimentation, rigorous mm-hmm. too, not just like mm-hmm. surface level stuff. Um, so definitely try to do that in my own journey as well. But the, the thing that I love most about what you just said is, um, being able to accept the negative. I remember a very, and I'm still working on this all the time, but I remember a very particular uh, case around four year, three or four years ago. I got a, in a bad car accident um, off the highway. The, I was with another person and the car kind of swerved into a ditch. Somehow I, I came to the realization that I needed to be calm in that situation. Um, you know, it was freezing cold outside. The car wasn't starting up. Um, needed to get towed back to the city and I remember the, the other person asking me how are you how are you able to, to be so common I just realized that if I didn't then that would that would compromise the situation and I'm so thankful for that but now but I in that moment real having that realization of needing to be calm in moments of negativity um, the amount of power that, that has given me throughout my career throughout my day-to-day life um, has been incredible. And so that message I think of yours was, was powerful and one that I haven't been able to put into words just like you did um, right now. So I really appreciate that. You, I mean, you just said that a lot of people, especially on that successful plane, um, they're not the happiest. They're not the, f- the most fulfilled. What are the common issues that you see there and um, how do you recommend going about them? The number one reason why you're not happy is that you're resisting and uh, you're resisting because you think you are right and that you know better and you think you're right and you know better because you're programmed to do that. That is a survival state. So happiness itself comes in fleeting moments, but it it becomes um, more frequent and sustainable when you start practicing total and complete acceptance of yourself, of situations, of other people, when you begin to acknowledge that there's very little you have control over at all, and most of the control you think you have is an illusion. It makes you much more flexible. When you want to appreciate and honor and accept and um, be willing and open and curious, you'll find that things generally go your way. Uh, not always, but generally they go your way. You you said at the beginning, um, I'm I'm one of those people who was always looking for the silver lining. There was a incredible study done out of of England. I I think it was Oxford University, but I don't quote me on that. <laughs> Twenty years they studied people who um, thought of themselves as lucky, and they were only able to find one thing that they could. Um, say is a causal link to luck. And that one thing is that the person always looked for the silver lining. And here's the thing. 
if you interview those people, why do you always look for the silver lining? None of them will be able to tell you why. They just are that way. Yeah, I couldn't tell you for sure. You just are that way. Yeah. The people who listen to your podcast, they're probably that way. And so have faith, my friend. Have faith that over time, you will optimize towards greater and greater luck, greater and greater happiness, greater and greater peace. It just comes. If you keep allowing that desire to come through, because you can deny it, you can easily deny it. You can optimize for money uh, and forget about being in that optimistic state and you know, you'll pay the price, but you could do both at the same time. And that's what quiet mind epic life is all about. That's the mindset. That's the motto now. Uh, have faith. And uh, I really appreciate that. I think I, I definitely learned a lot from our conversation today. I know our listeners took away a lot from it. Um, I'll cap this off with, with asking you kind of what I ask all my guests at the end of the episode as well is at this point in time and, and moving forward, how do you define success and, and what will it mean to you moving forward? Uh, to me, success is uh, having the courage to go for the things that are interesting to me, to create structure around those things, uh, to test, and then to be at peace with the results and to know that a certain percentage of, of my goals and dreams will come true and a certain percentage of them will not. And I can move the probabilities in my favor if I add best practice structures, processes, procedures, accountability, monitoring, all of those things. If I look for the silver lining, if I practice some of the quiet mind techniques and, and use my creativity, then, you know, damn. I think I'm being a success at that point. That that is amazing, and I hope that I can model a lot of those behaviors. I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to build this building this relationship with you and learning more and, and diving more into your content because um, I will be linking your book in the show notes. I'll be linking your app in the show notes um, so the audience can find it. Where else can, are the best places for the audience to find you, get to know you better? I think if you just, uh, if you come to my website, MatthewFerry.com, I have all of the, um, all the things that I'm up to. Um, Kristen and I, my, my wife, Kristen is my business partner and we put out a weekly email and we just kind of say, all right, if, if you're committed to being a spiritual hooligan like us, these are some of the things that we're thinking about. These are some of the things that we're doing lately. Uh, we put on monthly webinars. We're putting on a webinar, uh, you know, next Friday. Uh, and it is uh, racism and discrimination. How do you deal with racism and discrimination if you are, we call ourselves spiritual hooligans. So we're like, we, we love um, spiritual principles, uh, but we want to break every rule that has ever been proposed about it. Like our goal is to break all the rules uh, to find our own way. And so um, go to my website, MatthewFerry.com. You heard it here first, uh, listeners, MatthewFerry.com. Uh, Matthew, it's been an, an incredible, incredible pleasure talking to you. I came in to this conversation, honestly, very depleted from everything going on. Um, and now I feel, uh, you know, very well enlightened, to be honest, uh, from what we talked about today. So that's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, that's my goal. Hmm. That's it. I'm, I'm fulfilling my mission. Uh, when that's occurring and I don't need to do it in any other way other than just having a conversation with you and then I get to be whole complete exactly as I am absolutely absolutely I really appreciate having you on the blessed for success podcast today it was amazing rock on man <laughs>